Listener Production. If life was a cereal box, this would be the toy inside. Oh, I wanted that one. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Alex Dyson Sophia asked me about first names and last names a little while ago. Oh yeah, they're interesting things, aren't they? It's quite a concept, right? Um, but now she started calling me Matt O'Kine. <laughs> like completely unprompted. I did and see you post that. So it's, we'll be out. Um, so we'll be official. Out. And she'll say like, yeah, yeah. She'll say something like, you're um, she'll like, Matt O'Kine, come over here. And I'm like, <laughs> I look like a so I honestly look like I'm the most controlling, weird ass parent in the world. No, no, no. You know what it does look like? <laughs> is that you are in a successful kids' music group and a, a random two-year-old fan <laughs> is coming up going, Matt O'Kine, Matt O'Kine, can you please sign my buddy overall water bottle or something? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But she'll do it, like, she'll do it even when she's having an argument. Like, if, she'll, if she's, like, having an argument with Belinda, she'll yeah. be really upset and she'll say, I want Matt O'Kine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Please stop it. You make me look like a... Freak. Until she turns 18, it's Mr. O'Kine and Mr. O'Kine only. I yeah. think. You gotta teach her about yeah. the pref. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. It's Aria award winning Matt O'Kine to you, kid. Hands on the wheel. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want to drive? Say, oh, yes. Big show today. I mean, Matt O'Kine very rarely walks into schools wearing wigs, but on the odd occasion that he does, it's to surprise some incredible musicians who have just won Triple J's Unearthed a little uh, initiative that the National Broadcaster puts on to find some uh, up-and-coming talent. And wouldn't you believe, someone that we weren't surprised at their school, Matt O'Kine, Greta Ray, has just dropped her debut album. It is brilliant. There's 15 tracks. I was loving listening to it uh, yesterday in preparation for this. And, uh, yeah, cannot wait to have Greta Ray pop by and say day at All Day Breakfast. Gosh, it feels like yesterday we were uh, surprising her in her high school. I can't wait to hear about what the last five or so years have been like for her and the build-up to this debut. It's an incredible achievement. We can't wait to hear what's been happening. It's going to be an absolutely massive Tuesday morning. We might get a little visit from one of our nation's other most coveted guests, uh, Rant Dog himself popping in. So we'll see what uh, what's making him cranky. But that's all happening on today's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Let's get stuck in. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Have you ever been to a department store at midnight, Alex Dyson? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Um, uh, I tell you what, if I have... It wouldn't have been in a crowd of other people. I mean, the only room I've been in that's been that crowded at night is a rave. I haven't been to a to, <laughs> to a, a Kmart at midnight. The footage was wild. It was great to see. I mean, I remember when I was you know in high school, and about the coolest thing you could do was go to Interplay Shopping Centre um, when they had the all night Christmas shopping. I mean, to be in the food court at like one in the morning. I mean, they didn't. They did it Chermside, and it was just like, wow, what world am I living in? Coming from the country, you know, everything closes by 
five pm. I mean, you can't go. <laughs> you can't go anywhere <laughs> after I think the last movie's at nine um, on a Friday. <laughs> um, but, so, not sure people know exactly what the feeling of twenty four hour shopping is. <laughs> um, but it was pretty wild scenes with a bit of stuff opening up. A lot of wild scenes around the place. Um, it was great to see my my local hairdresser was back, who I lived near, just being able to pop in the Leslie, say hey. I uh, still haven't said hi to my my hairdresser, Boo, yet. But look, it's not all without a little bit of sadness, Alex Dyson, all this news of, you know, particularly in New South Wales, things opening up. Because not every business is opening back up. Some have closed forever. A lot of full lease signs on my walks yeah. when I go around the place. And uh, I think we all have to tip one out for our fallen homie um, Cafe Patron very, very shortly. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, now, so I, I haven't drunk too much Cafe Patron over the distance, but I did see the um, the tears that were pouring out for this uh, liqueur. Is it a liqueur? Yeah, coffee-flavoured liqueur. I mean, the best thing about Cafe Patron, and I can look, I can happily plug it for free now because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you could have it straight. You could you mix it with. I don't think anyone ever mixed it, to be honest. <laughs> you only ever had it straight at the bar somewhere. I think you, were, I think it's, you only mixed it with bad decisions <laughs> with two, with the perfect mixer for a Cafe Patron. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, look, they're saying it, they're moving on. Uh, popularity and profitability was diminishing. I mean, look, to be fair, it's a, it's a 2016 drink, isn't it? I think it goes Red Bear, UDL, Cafe Patron, <laughs> Today, the Aperol 2021. Had a, had a very big heyday around 2017, 2018. That's kind of fading off. The seltzers are holding on. But yeah, look, the it's gone. And it just it's, it's sad to see something that was so popular suddenly have to say goodbye. There's something unpredictable. <laughs> In the end, it's right. I mean, it's nothing that we know about, Matt. So it's I don't know how the patron is feeling. I hate to say gone, <laughs> but not forgotten, but I don't know, the times that I've done copious tequila shots, a lot of things have been forgotten. So I don't know whether it'll stay in our memories at all, to be honest. Patron but not forgotten, <laughs> I think, is what's happening there. But, look, uh, people are, were very upset about this, uh, having to having to say goodbye to, a, to one of their favourites. Including and I guess- listener Ray, who got in touch with us. And Ray, obviously, um, is going to be front row at the funeral, if not reading the eulogy to... Patron as it as it disappears from the shelves and the uh, the bars of our nation, <laughs> but yeah. Ron has specifically requested because he's looked at it and gone, boys, this is a dark day in tequila history, and so we thought, well, yeah, that is it is right. We better t- take a look at a few of the other dark days in tequila history, shall we? Right now, Matt. Well, here's, an, here's one that you can't put a, necessarily put a date to it, but um, it's just something that I found interesting. You'll never find a worm in the bottle of a bottle of tequila. Ever? No. What? There's, sure, I've seen them. No, that's the thing. It's mezcal, right? Mexican law actually prohibits worms in any tequila. It's mezcal and it's actually a moth larvae. And it came about in the 1950s. So wait, what, what's mezcal? Mezcal's like a tequila's smokier cousin. Right, so it's never in tequila; no. it's always in mezcal. And it's not, a, yeah, and it's it's moth larvae. But for some reason, this idea that a worm is in tequila has just blown up. And I thought that that was quite a dark day <laughs> for worms and tequila to be associated so incorrectly like that. Well, what do you mean it's a dark day for worms? I mean, that'd be 
Is it dark because they don't get to hang out in tequila? <laughs> no Truly the pools. dream of, of many people. Um, in 2018, Elon Musk posts a prank tweet uh, where he sees him crashed out against a Tesla 3 with a bankrupt sign on him, surrounded by bottles of Tesla Keela. Um, <laughs> people got so worked up by the idea that Tesla decided to launch this actual brand late last year, $250 a bottle. They sold oh. out immediately, in minutes, oh and started God. reselling on eBay for up to $6,000. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Dark day in tequila history. Another dark day in tequila history. At Judiana posts on Twitter um, a picture of a small pile of salt, a cap full of clear liquid, a small twig and a tiny rock. Um, They then captioned the photo with how to catch mosquitoes. The mosquito lands on the salt thinking it's sugar. They get thirsty for water, but the cap has tequila in it. The mosquito gets drunk, trips on the stick, and bangs its head on the rock. This went viral across Indian newspapers. Absolutely blown up. Of course, it was just a joke. Blown up with people thinking it was a serious mosquito (laughs) trap. No, it was a funny joke. It was funny. Um, Anyways, it went viral. I thought it was a pretty... I don't know how it was a dark day in tequila history. Anyways... (laughs) I thought it was funny. Um, What about this? What about this, Alex Dyson? October 8, 2021, just a couple of days ago, three people arrested in Wisconsin after stealing $31,000 worth of copper wire. Oh. Yeah. Obviously trying to get that NBN fixed from the the (laughs) note to their home or whatever. Um, Someone called the coppers on them? One of the thieves' names, Tequila J. Perkins. (laughs) So there you go. What about this? There's the tequila in the slammer. <laughs> 1958. The Champs released their three-word song, Tequila, which allegedly became the very <laughs> first <laughs> rock and roll <laughs> song <laughs> to win a Grammy. Yeah, let's <laughs> sing it now. You know how long it goes. Only three words in that whole song, the word tequila three times. Anyways, in 1991, two naughty teenage mutant ninja turtles disappoint their master Splinter by dancing to it instead of meditating. Not only do they not say tequila, they replace that word with ninjutsu. Well, how about that dude who jumped off on America's Got Talent or something and did a karaoke song, did a cover of tequila, where he just stood there for the whole thing and went... Tequila came up, he just said, tequila, and then went back to the song and just stood there <laughs> the entire time. That. that was a dark day in tequila history. Absolutely dark day in tequila history. Oh, and that's all I've got. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, it is usually bright nights and dark mornings of tequila history, so that's usually what happens. Well, Alex Dyson, there's a lot he could take aim at this week. Isn't there ever? Few, uh, few pieces with- of cheese, Madokine. <laughs> Are you saying that Red Dog could uh, bite down on with his fangs? No, you're absolutely right. This is the segment where um, we get a little bit shock jockey for a moment and start telling it like it is. I mean, much like 
the newspapers start, oh, they're aiming for net zero, are they? Oh, we can achieve that. But what we like to focus on here, much like other shock jocks, are the trivialities of life, Mado kind, which can often not have a hero, a champion that can come out and um, really fight for the cause, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And with nail salons now uh, opening up in New South Wales, our resident shock jock certainly had the claws absolutely primed this week, ready to take the head off anyone who dares challenge his way of thinking. And we love getting the issues that are close to your heart. And so we get you to get send us a voice message, matt.an.alex on Instagram. Get in touch with what's been pissing you off and listener Josh has done just that. I know you guys have had a few run-ins with white t-shirts before. I just spilt some bloody baked bean sauce on my new white tee and I want to bust out the old Matt and Alex row but I'm scared to use it because of just how pure and white it is. Take it away Randog. Like the spaghetti stains on a white t-shirt, very close to the heart. Right, just a little left of the sternum is where we're looking for this particular issue because for many years as a young little rodent, I'd been getting into a little bit of the spaghetti, a bit of the spag bowl, if you will, and my dad, because of, and I'm saying it's, it is the T-shirt industry, because they have made their product so easy to stain, right, Poor little rats like me, right, trying to eat my spag bowl. Dad's in the laundry. He's been doing too much scrubbing. He's got the, you know, stain remover. Are you sick of it? When I was growing up, eating spaghetti, Dad's say, top off, <laughs> shirt off. I had no shirt at the dinner table <laughs> because they hadn't figured out a way you know, in, or landing people on the moon, okay, in white uniforms, no less. <laughs> Neil Armstrong's not landing back with spaghetti, so we know there's a way to do it. He doesn't have his tang stains down the front of the old astro bib, right? <laughs> so we and they haven't figured it out yet. And excuse me if I'm somewhat subdued today, but I'm broadcasting from home and I don't want to body scare the neighbours. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Can I get an amen? What do you think would solve this problem, Rant Dog? Do you think maybe, are we looking at, you know, T-shirts with built-in bibbies, you know, just the... Yes. Just the- Thank you. I, you know what You know what they need to bring out back, okay? What? I want a medieval neck ruffle on every <laughs> white T-shirt sold. Thank you. Stain-proof like neck pirate, ruffles Like the Seinfeld all. pirate shirt. I want puffy shirts. I want neck ruffles. Okay. Like what, you're William Shakespeare at the dinner Like table. I'm the bard himself, Matt. <laughs> like I'm the bard having a bit of bolognese. And I feel that then and only then can we move forward as a society. Mate, I've had pieces of sashimi take a dive from my chopsticks into a small plate of soy that would make Michelle Wu <laughs> funny jealous. Okay. Why can a dumpling 
falling back into a tub of soy sauce, not enter like Michelle. Why is it always a belly flop? And you got the spray coming back at you, like dropping in a hippopotamus into the soy. <laughs> the same splash radius. Whose fault is it though? Is it the shirt's fault or is it the pastor's fault? It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Okay, you don't think that the T-shirt industry and the spaghetti sauce industry are in cahoots? You don't think that's happening? Of course it's happening. That's what these that's what these people do. All right, so I need people to get out there and one, we need to break the cycle. All right, because they're all they're all profiting. More spaghetti sauce ruining more T-shirts, selling more shirts. More shirts get ruined by spaghetti sauce. That's how it works. It is it is big business. Thank you, Rado, for finally, finally shining a torch. Like one of those UV lights that they get the stains really popping on in the crime shows. Yeah, you've really <laughs> shone that over the old uh, spaghetti stains on a, on the nation's T-shirt, on the bloody corporation's T-shirt. This is my promise, and I've been fighting for this for years. Some people are only just recently jumping on board Net zero stains on T-shirts. I believe it's possible. It's not going to be easy. Oh, granted, it's not going to be easy. It's possible. And Australia needs to lead the way. Get on it. <laughs> it's all day breakfast. Wine and everything about it. What are you into wine? I love wine. Well, it was the last time I had a full head of hair, Alex Dyson. <laughs> Donned a fake wig and uh, a janitor's costume. You dressed mm. up as a schoolboy. And we crept into a high school in Melbourne to surprise the winner of Triple J's Unearth High competition. I honestly Remember it like it was yesterday because it was. it's always such a highlight of the uh, calendar year and it's always such a pleasure to see where those artists start from and where they end up and the trajectory at which they take off and our next guest is absolutely an example of that. Yeah, their album Begin to Look Around has just come out, 15 tracks. I'm calling it, Matt. I was loving this. One of the albums of the year, Greta Ray. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us back on All Day Breakfast. Thank you so much for having me. So 2016, we did sneak into your school to surprise you. Yes. Take us back to that day for you. What was it like? Um, I often get asked, it's probably one of my most asked questions, um, whether I had any inkling that you guys were going to come and surprise me. And I really, really didn't, even though in hindsight there were just so many signs. (laughs) There were cameras set up everywhere, but then they were like, oh, it's for this other thing. And I'm very gullible and, like, if you tell me something, I believe you. I had actually, I'd been on tour with Japanese Wallpaper. I was a part of his band and we had opened for Melanie Martinez at Festival Hall the night before. So I walked into school that day being like, you know what? Whatever will be, will be. Like, what, what a great time. Played a great show. Everything's cool. And then it just, yeah, amazingly, 
somehow got even better. Going from there into what has been a whirlwind five years, Greta, and I guess your album starts off in that way, one of the first tracks after the, I guess, sort of welcome to the album track is Bigger Than Me. And I that's Oof. something that you really feel through it, these experiences that you've gone mm. through. And it's I guess it's that connection from you, the artist, and the people who listen to your music because it has become a, a massive community and a massive journey for you. Can you even begin to, uh, to pinpoint uh, where that journey, that first realisation of where it is bigger than you uh, first occurred to you? Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like every moment from that point forward felt very much bigger than me. It was a very overwhelming period of time in my life for sure. And I think that that song was certainly inspired by, I remember really wanting to prioritise in that song, trying to capture the feeling of like being on the move all the time. Um, And just the fact that like I was so often like in a new hotel, in a different city, on a flight and the kind of like touch and go like onto the next thing, as I say in the lyrics, like that was just a big part of my life all of a sudden, you know, as soon as it started, it just hasn't really stopped. Well, let's have a listen to a little bit of that track now, Bigger Than Me, because it jumped straight out uh, of the album when I turned it on. It was a bolter, a bolter out of the gates. One of the things that I guess when I was thinking about you writing this album is that, you know, the person that you were five years ago at high school into coming into the artist that you are now, you you must have learned so much about who you are and I guess the way that you write and the things that you write about. Like, for instance, I was thinking you must have, you must have learned what love is in a relationship sense in that time, you know, because I remember thinking I knew what love was when I was in year 12, but then you don't, you realise it's completely different as you become an adult. And have you had the same experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, interestingly, I mean, I'm never going to 100% know, like I'm always going to be learning um, what that is. And yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting once you get out of high school and like out into the world. I mean... I definitely, yeah, I, I'm, I learned what um, very all-consuming love is, I, I like in, to the point where it's like, oh, it's all you think about, it's all I write about, it's like serving to be a part of my identity now, my feeling towards this person. But I feel like something that I probably focused more on when I was writing Begin to Look Around, and this wasn't like a planned thing because I kind of went through a breakup as I was writing the record. Um, but I think I just learned about self-love in a way that I never had before and just having an identity outside of a romantic relationship <laughs> Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I would love to kind of go and visit myself at, at 20 <laughs> and, and give, I know I'm only 23 now, but there's a lot that happened yeah. in that last couple of years. And like, yeah, I, I would love to kind of go and, and give her this record and be like, you're not even going to know. And you will have so many moments where you really don't believe this is true, but like you only need you. Oh, Greta, that's incredible. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Greta, you mentioned that you wrote this album uh, while going through a breakup or certainly you had a breakup during part of the writing of this album. Alex Dyson and I have both had gone through breakups when we are trying to produce work, you know. Mm. I mean, I I had a huge breakup uh, in 2014 when I'm also trying to do my first radio job and you have nights where you're up all night crying or or arguing or whatever and then you've got to be 
up the next morning, like nothing's <laughs> happening to the rest of the world, you know. So, oh. are there any are there any moments in this album that or songs that would just that just jump out at you that signify that that kind of falling apart of the relationship? Yeah, I mean, the two that probably are the most like obvious. I release them alongside each other is what I referred to in my campaign as duologies, like two little songs joined in theme, I guess, and um, they're my songs. Cherish and the brink. Um, the brink was probably the song on the record that writing session with Chris Collins. Um, it was right in the thick of everything happening and I cried the whole way to the session. I'd cancelled a day with Chris beforehand because I was simply too sad. And then when I got to that session, I was like, I have to do this. I've been wanting to work with Chris for so long. It had fallen through so many times with the two of us and we were like, we, we really want to make this happen. But I kind of like said to him, I was like, look, I know I don't know you very well. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going through this really tough time and if I'm just crying, like I'm so sorry. But it surprised me actually how as soon as I started to actually make the music, the song just kind of fell into my lap as like a form of therapy, I suppose. And we were actually able to kind of fly through the session in an ironic way because it was like, actually, this is something I can hold on to. I've never, I think, you know, I've been writing songs since I was a tiny little girl. And, you know, when you're 12 and kind of it's becoming your identity, like I would say things like, yeah, it's just like really therapeutic to me. <laughs> and it's like, you don't even know what therapeutic means, actually. You mentioned uh, the, the theme of like travelling and being constantly busy, which mm. certainly comes through the record. I remember bumping to you in London with your manager Charlotte yeah. at one point, which is incredible. You've been everywhere. And one of the songs that sticks out, it's almost Christmas in Philly. It really gives you this time and place of this tour in America. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that tour? Or I guess, given you're all over the place, what are the Greta Ray crazy tour stories that you've uh, that you've had over the distance, <laughs> Greta, with so much, so many, uh, so much mileage you've racked up since uh, five years ago, since this album came to start getting created? Um, I have this like really vivid memory of like playing a show. This is how boring I am. Um, and then was just like, I like I think the Pierce brothers took my rider and I went back to the hotel and fell asleep. Like I'm, I'm not a very like interesting person. I think on tour with, with Gang of Years, I think, and, and what inspired that song on my record, It's Almost Christmas in Philly, um, was more so the fact that it was probably like less of the wild tour stories. Also Gang of Years, like they are pretty, like Dave doesn't speak after shows because he's on vocal rest immediately. So... Same kind of vibe in that sense. Straight um, into the ice bath. Wow. But um, I think for me that particular tour in North America with them was just interesting in the sense because it's you learn the kind of tour fatigue, even if you're not necessarily having like wild nights. It's like the jet lag, the kind of weird diet of like driving through the middle of nowhere and there's just not very good food, like that's good for your body, sleeping in a passenger seat of a car, not getting a lot of sleep on the whole. Like you really learn what you're able to like put up Amazing with. stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations once again on the album, Greta Ray. It's an absolute pleasure to see, to chat to you and also just to see you going from strength to strength. The album's called Begin to Look Around. It's available now wherever you get your music and we can't wait uh, not to put pressure on you, but we can't wait for album two already. All right, come on, back to work. Let's go. I'm on it. I'm 100% on it. I have time, man. I'm in lockdown. Meet back <laughs> here in five years, four, three, two, oh one year, Freda. <laughs> it's much more likely to be so much less time than the wait for this one, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm on to it. I bet. can't wait, Greta. Thanks so much, Greta. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Order up. 
Just how you like it. Perfect. Just saw a tweet by at Matty Camp on uh, Twitter saying, uh, this could be my absolute favourite COVID rule of all time and discussing uh, some of the rules that have come about since New South Wales opening up yesterday. The rule is regarding masks. All people over the age of 12 must wear a face mask on an aircraft when the aircraft is flying above New South Wales <laughs> and in the airport. So isn't that funny? Like everyone's on a plane like, oh, we're about to enter New South Wales airspace and pop the mask on just in case it's all floating up there. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, the infection's wafting up from yeah. Broken Hill and then uh, as soon as you clear yeah, the border. Like a helium balloon getting caught in the uh, in the engine. But no, look, I thought I'd talk about uh, interesting rules because we chatted yesterday about you know the schoolyard and some of the rules that got implemented in the schoolyard, especially when it comes to games that are happening because of rambunctious teens <laughs> in Belgium were getting in trouble for uh, turning the Squid Game game red light, green light uh, into their own version of it using punches instead of sniper bullets. <laughs> so we asked you what games have been banned at your school. We got a message from Tori saying in relation to banned school games in my primary school, they banned a game the boys were playing where they would hold their breath and see who passed out first. Ah, yep. You'd see them around the schoolyard down on one knee with their hand holding their <laughs> nose. So weird. <laughs> Teenage boys are the weirdest. <laughs> Think of the stupidest thing you could do. Teenage boys are playing it. I remember doing that. <laughs> we used to hold our breath. We used to like, I remember vividly going like, yeah. you, you, you go, okay, breathe in, take a big breath. <gasps> and then someone would press your chest while you stood up against uh, like a wall and they'd just press oh. your chest. And then you're like, you'd just be holding your breath. And then next thing you'd pass out and then you'd be on the floor. <laughs> Absolutely moronic. You can't be doing do that. that. We also got an audio message here from a very lovely listener. Let's have a listen. Yeah, boys, you're talking about banned childhood games. At our school, we used to play a, a rough version of British Bulldogs. Now, British Bulldogs, you'd normally have a catcher in the middle and uh, everyone would line up on the outside of the, the boundary, whatever, and you'd sing out British Bulldogs, you'd have to cross over and the catcher would have to catch one or two or three people, however many, and then they'd turn into catchers and they'd also um, catch on the second round. But our version of this was a tackle version, a full-on football tackle version mate an NRL-esque tackle version of the game and after a few concussions and a, a lot of complaints from parents mate this was quickly banned across the school weren't even allowed to have catchies mate there was no uh, tackle bulldogs anymore yeah and instead you could just play real NRL <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have a special guest on the podcast right now as well uh, who has been called in from the uh, bedroom next door at Alex Dyson's house. The perfect thing about having the home studio, uh, there's talk back in the house. Hello, Woods is the goods. Hello. How's it been having Alex Dyson home last couple of days? Well, I was just listening to Alex screaming um, for <laughs> Rant Dog and I thought... I should probably send an email and just be like, no rant dog when <laughs> Alex is working from home. No rant dog. Our neighbours will just think something's really bad. Um, they'll be like, man, that guy really hates spaghetti. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Woods, what did you, what happened at your school that got banned? I feel like anything that got popular at school got banned where um, we had a similar thing to Red Light, Green Light where it was called Red Red Rover, yep. um, which Red Red Rover I call mm -hmm. over anyone wearing blah, blah, or whatever. 
and that one got banned. I think it, it was just the idea that the games got so popular that too many people joined in and then like you couldn't just have one teacher on recess <laughs> looking up and like it was like all of the teachers had to sort of They had to build watchtowers like, around the oval. Yeah, yeah. yeah surveilling. Um, which, Put the barbed wire up, <laughs> um, <laughs> turned into an actual prison. Which the other one was around the school Tiggy. Where, what? They got banned? Yeah, so it was, again, it was just because every single person at the school played it. So there was like a 1,000 kids or something. <laughs> Did you not have... Popularity groups? What kind of school was no, this? No, it was like a Hunger Games. It was like everyone out for themselves in packs like, and you would hide. And the reason why this one comes to mind is I have a memory of it always on my leg. I got a huge chunk of my shin taken oh. out because I slid along a wall colliding with a guy who was getting his handball um, for playing handball. He was going... And I was just sprinting, playing around the school tiki, and a lot of incidences like that happened. But mine was like stitches, and like yeah, I have a huge scar. It's my biggest scar. It's because of that game. Did, well, did you get caught, or did you make it? <laughs> I didn't. I don't really. He tagged know. you as was, you were uh, getting wheeled uh, yeah, into the I ambulance. Had to go to the hospital. Yeah. So. <laughs> gotcha. You're up. <laughs> ambulance on the school grounds still counts. <laughs> still counts if the ambulance is on the school grounds. <laughs> Well, thank, thank you, Woods, you. for joining us. No <laughs> and thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. It has been a whole heap of fun. Cheers again to Greta Ray for gracing us with her presence. Uh, make sure you do check out her album. It is a ripper. Uh, and, and other than that, I think that's all there is to say here today, yeah, Matt please keep in touch with us at matt.n.alex. Don't forget, we are still giving away Bomb Squad memberships, so please hit up oh, mattandalex.com.au. We will catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.